what you want You can't always get what you want But if you try sometimes Well, you might find Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John DeVore, and my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. And as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. So, week four, quarter, we're quarter done already. Just like that. Poof. Week four in the books. The math was a lot better before the NFL added a game, but I digress. I uh, had a few injuries. We're going to start with some injury talk. Then we'll break down any uh, interesting changes and snaps or targets or any of that fun stuff. And then we'll discuss some waiver action at the end. Walk, how are you? And where do you want to start with the injuries? Yeah, I mean, another week, another Eagles win. Um, yeah, so that's that was a good thing. That game was atrocious. I mean, to tell you, it's been raining in and around the Philadelphia area since Friday. And it is currently still raining here. I feel like I'm living in fucking the great Northwest with the unbelievable amount of rain. And weather.com proceeds to tell me, buckle in for two more days of this. We're not even done yet. This is, is going to go through Wednesday. So it's like a week of just rain, rain, rain. And listen, John, you you understand my water concerns in this house. So just imagine how the last several days of my life have, have been with the literal just nonstop 24 seven, like not torrential downpours, but just consistently like beyond reasonable type rain. I have, I have not slept well. There's callous projects <laughs> being undertaken in my house to try and preserve things. It's, it's been a rough couple of days, but not as rough as you know, some of the injury guys that, that you have commented on. So yeah, we're going to dive into the the injuries first. We'll save the waiver targets, you know, kind of the byproduct of some of those injuries for for the end of this. But, you know, there's there's a couple key names that have suffered significant injuries. You know, first and foremost, our boy Javante Williams, officially torn ACL, officially done for the year. It looked a little you – know, it didn't look right when – I watched the replay like 100 times. I'm telling you, one of these, like, PTs on Twitter, like – keeps referencing like how the knee like turns or twists or something like that. And you did see this weird like shift like to the right side. And it's just strange as he kind of pivoted through. And it's crazy how good these guys are getting at seeing like literally like a, a snippet of film and immediately. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. what the nine times out of ten, they're right. You can just see what yeah. you know the mechanism of injury and stuff. But he's unfortunately dumb for the year. Um it's unfortunately a benefit to Melvin Gordon, who you and I are both so out on. But we can speak to Melvin Gordon. Cliffhanger, fumbling, is it? Fumbling dun, dun, problems, uh, you know, and the fact that he is cooked, you know, at, at a later segment. But officially done for the year, Javante Williams. Thursday night football is coming upon us. Jonathan Taylor picked up an ankle injury late in the game last week, and it looks – unlikely that he is to play on a short turnaround. I haven't seen the dreaded high ankle sprain confirmation yet, but even, you know, a mild sprain is usually like a, you know, beyond mild, like mid ankle sprain, something like that is two to four week injury. He's, he is not playing on Thursday night. That's to put that out of your mind. I don't, you know, and if he's gets in there, which he's not, I still wouldn't really feel comfortable putting him out there, you know, 
opportunity to aggravate his injury. Might even miss the following week. So a little disappointing for for 101 in, in fantasy drafts as well. Um, who else Who else got dinged up? Traylon Burks' foot injury was in a boot after the game, which either means mid-foot type deal, ankle, something like that. He's not going to play for a little while. I mean, still a rookie, probably not a guy you were putting on your lineup anytime soon, but I was kind of cautiously optimistic that his role was going to grow across the season. Now he's unfortunately his snaps suffered. and targets were trending up. He was going the right direction prior he, to this. He was uh, Daniel Jones picked up an ankle injury after rushing for two touchdowns in that game and just pilfering everything from Saquon Barkley. He left take Ty, uh, Tyrod Taylor picked up a concussion. Daniel Jones came back in the game and was largely like a decoy. Was, running. You, I think I sent a message in one of the chats. It was awful. The yeah. Daniel Jones was too hurt to play quarterback. So they put, they put him a wide receiver. receiver. Yeah. Like <laughs> as opposed to like maybe a Kenny Galladay, perhaps. <laughs> like you just don't, don't want to put Kenny out there. You know, get him hurt. But let's, it's let's true. Go. They put they put their quarterback at wide receiver yeah. instead of Kenny Galladay. So so strange. Um uh, Brian Hoyer suffered a concussion in the first quarter of the game. Bailey Zappi came in and gave the Packers all they could handle. And it all right, yeah. Somehow went to overtime. Um, in IDP leagues, you were talking about the Colts. Uh, Shaquille Leonard suffered a concussion in that in his first action back. Short turnaround time. He's not, likely not playing on Thursday night as well. Our boy Jeremy Chin caught a hamstring. Um, didn't return to the Cardinals game. Got to keep an eye on that. Same game, LaVisca Chenault got a hamstring. I was kind of excited about what LaVisca might be in his offense, but picks up an unfortunate hamstring. Isaiah McKenzie has a concussion. And, you know, they're going to trend extreme caution with concussions after this too, a situation, right? Um, and then Jameson Crowder got ruled out with an ankle uh, as well. So both their slot guys are dinged up right now. Gabe Davis clearly isn't working at 100%. It's going to be interesting to see what the Bills offense does um, in their game. And then we, we uh, aforementioned too as well, has already been ruled out for this week, obviously. So so we're going to get a Teddy Bridgewater start for the Miami Dolphins this week. Did I forget anyone? Yes. Oh. Officially to the IR, Corderell Patterson. Oh, yes. Sorry. Who, probably who was banged More up? mindful of that, ironically enough. He's not listed on NFL.com's injury, notable injuries. They, they don't have any foul. They don't have the Falcons listed at all. Yeah, he, oh. he was banged up during the week. He missed practice. Then one day they said he missed two days. One day they said was a rest day. Then he played and and he had, he had surgery like right away. So something must have been bugging him. They got him through the game. Said can't make this any worse. And then he had a little thing. But I think he's just that he's on the four week, and I think they're expecting him to be. Bad. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a meniscus or something like that. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to know this. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> he, he left early, which led to a lot of Tyler Algier and. Uh, Caleb Huntley snaps, but yeah, he, he got his touchdown, you know, so Patterson didn't goose egg you. It, it is action, but it was like, like 30 and a touchdown in the game. Unfortunate, you know, he's going to be out for at least those four weeks, but that one screws me personally. I, I have pretty good running back depth in a lot of spots. And he was, you know, a year ago I was all over him and I liked him because I thought he would be running back, but he got, I got to plug him in at wide receiver. So it worked out great for me this year. He's a running back. He had this really good start to the year. I haven't, I didn't play him. I, didn't, I haven't started him any league for a single one of these good games. Now with the buys coming up and everything and these injuries piling up, now I need him and now he's on injured reserve. So 
Well, that, that's how it works, John. I traded Melville Gordon for a playoff run last year for Cordell Patterson. Didn't work out for me last year. Started this year, I was like, oh, great. You know, maybe a year later, but this is going to be fantastic. Who would have thought that now the tables have turned on that deal yet again? But I wanted to look. Cordell Patterson was up there. He was running back seven. Mm-hmm. On the season in, mm-hmm. uh, in standard, he didn't catch a ton of passes. Let's see where he was at in PPR. Um, running back twelve, ironically yeah. enough, goes down the rankings in PPR because Art Smith just doesn't want to use any of his skill players <laughs> appropriately. But RB one, even with his limited yeah. action this past week, Cordell Patterson. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a big ding um, for a value pick that a lot of people would. Uh, had experience early Just on talking about running back scoring quick. I so I think Ryan McDowell tweeted out a uh, thing. This is the lowest scoring RB one through four weeks and something goofy like a decade. Yeah. I mean, when, when the answer is Nick Chubb, you got to assume it's the lowest scoring, right? Cause Nick Chubb plus PPR equals never RB one. I, I think because- it depends on your scoring. There are a lot of people complaining. He had it as Barkley. And I think, it depends on how you score fumbles. I think they're off by like a point, but mm-hmm. Barkley's got one fumble, and if it's negative two, he actually falls. But there was some. Oh, okay, yeah, I use shit, but either, either way, and they have a PPR scoring. So if I went to like Yahoo, it's still Nick Chubb. If I went to how many points is he ahead of Barkley? Oh, don't give me a second. If I went to ESPN, still Nick Chubb. He's in ESPN scoring, which must not be PPR. He's over ten points ahead of him in scoring. On Yahoo scoring, he's still roughly six points ahead of him in that scoring. FFPC scoring, he's 1.6 points ahead of him. He's ahead of him in, in all those formats. Yeah, I, I that, think if you – That I'm saying. CBF sports different points for up. negatives, it changes it. I'm not sure what the yeah, difference Yeah, he's 10.6 points ahead of him in CBS scoring. So Chubb's ahead of him in all scoring formats that, that I could see right there. But, yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you get five rushing touchdowns. Right, and somehow Nick Chubb is not currently the rushing touchdowns leader. Do you know who the rushing touchdowns leader is? Oh, right it's going to—it's uh, somebody weird. Yep, that the weirdest, literally, the weirdest <sighs> running back. I know, I know it. And as soon as you say it, I'm going to be the weirdest running back in the NFL. I, I don't know. Oh, is it Ceh? He's pretty weird, but no. <laughs> who no. is it? Jamal Williams, the weirdest <laughs> running back in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's just. Strange cat. Six rushing touchdowns for Jamal Williams. So all right. That's that that's that's that. But yes, unfortunate Cordero Patterson as well. Um returning from injury. Dalvin Cook somehow saw like all the work with with a bum shoulder <laughs> over in I mean you know, we talked London. about it with him last week though. He's a guy given his history with these injuries, it's less of a concern than it is for somebody who's the first time. I mean, it is. I am, He's the in-game injury risk, if ever there was oh, one, because right? oh, yeah. that thing could just get yeah. knocked out. I mean, that, and I just heard something. I was I was listening to some other podcasts about how you're seeing a lot more Alexander Madison on third downs, and not necessarily because of pass catching, but because of pass blocking that you're trying to get Cook jam your shoulder away from these scenarios <laughs> where you're 100% using your shoulders against like a 300-pound lineman that's barreling directly at you which is going to limit his upside as well. If that's something that persists, dump off passes, opportunities on, you know, for receptions on third down. Like if Dalvin Cook becomes a two down running back, he ain't, he ain't the guy you, you drafted in the mid first round. You're not getting the ROI on that. 
And yeah. he's probably going to miss a couple more games this year. I mean, you're, you're, half a game is going to be the limit for Dalvin Cook. You're sorely mistaken. You were talking about, uh, you know, the injury experts on Twitter. And just based on my own personal injury experience, yeah. I mean, like dislocating your shoulder, I've done it, I don't know, 20, 30 times. So if I did it, I would just pop it back in and go about my day. Whereas for someone who's never done it before, you're you're probably going to be on the mend for <laughs> a couple of days. So, I, I, you know, not, not uh, equating myself to a high-end NFL athlete. But, yeah, if you're accustomed to these injuries, it's not – yeah, this isn't uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, what the hell is that? Uh, Lethal weapon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> slamming into a, a locker and be about your day. Like, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, him him hurting his shoulder is a lot less significant than Nick Chubb, for example. Yes, correct. But, but like you said, who, who knows when he's going to miss? The yeah, I mean, it's quarters. unfortunate. Most of his are in games, right, where he leaves a game early because of the injury, and then he gets the harness put on, and he's playing a week later and getting 20 carries. So perfect segue to get into these divisions, talking about snap counts, targets, things of that nature. So where did you want to get started, John? Where are we going? We going Compass? We going North, South, East, West? Where, 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 uh, are, we where are we going? Yeah, let's, let's go. Uh, doesn't matter to me. East. Well, East, East alphabetical listed as foreign first on my document, John. So. Perfect. Uh, I'll, I'll get going with the AFC here. Uh, I'll, I'll run through the, the whole thing. There's not a ton going on here. Miami, the interesting thing, most of snaps are going up. Edmonds are going down, although Edmonds is still sneaking in the end zone a bit. And then I, I've mentioned it the last couple of weeks, Durham Smythe is – Definitely getting more work than Gasecki. Gasecki's obviously uh, more involved in the passing game, but the Smythe out snapped him sixty-three to forty-four percent last week. But target-wise, Gasecki had four, Smythe had none. So it might kind of be passing game thing, but Smythe's on the field more, and Gasecki isn't getting a shit ton of targets. But we'll who knows what's going on there with Tua getting old. <laughs> Old putting headed again two weeks in a row. Although everybody's saying that that first one was not, despite everyone saying, I know what I saw. I was reading a bunch of stuff with, with neurologists saying, just because he shook his head and was stumbling around, he's like, it could have been the spinal injury they're saying. So hold, hold on. That let me understand this. And I don't want to sidebar this too far. Neurologists are saying that that reaction could have been a spinal injury. Because he did say he did say it was his back. That yes, I was reading like, some stuff last night. If I could find it again, I'll, I'll shoot you the link. But yeah, I mean, in the end, he kind of does this, and that that didn't make me think that was a head injury. The, the grab in his head was did not affect change my opinion of it all. It was literally the the motor deficiencies. It seemed like like he was moving and it like it shut off. Like it was like the robot like hitting its power switch where it was just like it's going down. You look goofy. I mean, I don't know. You ever you ever jar your back or have like a I'm gonna give it the old, you know, <laughs> grab the back old man move, right? Where I'm like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> trying to try to help it out a little bit. Ain't quite right. <laughs> I don't think it's ever dead leg me. But who knows? I mean we talked about it last week. I I, I they have an outside doctor in there. It's not like they were pushing, you know, I could see if it was all Miami people like, we're good. 
That outside um, doctor, by the way, the NFLPA, he's gone. I saw. Yeah. See ya. Yeah, I, I think it's unique. And that's, you know, the way he got tackled, the one that knocked him out, it's the same kind of, he didn't take a shot to the head that people are worried about. There's nothing you're going to do except learn to fall better to prevent that kind of whipping your head back. Which I, you and I discussed, right? It's like, and this has been discussed with him before. It's like, he doesn't seem to understand how to protect himself in these environments. Like that one, he was like literally being spun and he was still trying to throw the football. Like he wasn't even protecting the football, let alone himself. Like that is when the ball comes down and you turtle up, like you brace for this impact. It's inevitable, you know, or you're going to potentially throw an interception and still get flung to the ground. Where, where's the idea of protect yourself. And that's what led to just that whiplash effect. Cause he's loose. He's still trying to get something done rather than like, this is going to hurt. Yeah. I mean, with, you know, like pro wrestling where they take a bump and fall on their back. They train to do that mm. because so they don't smash their fucking head. I mean, how many times does a pro wrestler get thwapped down just like that and they get up and they're fine because they know how to fall. I mean, I, I know from doing some judo stuff, there's a way to fall where you get thrown by another human being yes. and you, you land properly. So you don't smash your head on the ground. Yeah. And both of those situations with Tua, he was thrown backwards and he it seemed like he had no desire to control his head in that moment. Like it was like, he was like, his neck was loose. Like it was one of these, like telling someone to relax, like you're getting a massage, like relax your neck type thing. Like, and it just, it smashes back. Like when you would think like I'm getting thrown backwards, it's I'm, I'm tight as a board. I'm going to be stiff as a board. You're throwing <laughs> me backwards. Like, Oh, <laughs> save me. Like there's just doesn't seem that thing doesn't process for him, which is, it's just concerning because if it was like an illegal helmet to helmet hit from the front, yeah. that gets flagged. It's like, well, there's nothing he could have done there. But yeah. These, I, these, like, it's situations him. That he He's could have protecting himself. Correct. Yeah. That he could in he, maybe not control. He could impact the outcome of that. So yeah. sorry for the sidebar, but, but that was <laughs> moving to Buffalo. Devin Singletary is completely taken over this backfield. He has more snaps than everyone else on the team combined. Cook, Moss, even Reggie Gillum, who's getting a dish, <sighs> shockingly oh. ton of work, fullback type of guy. Uh, but you mentioned McKenzie uh getting hurt and Jamison Crowder. McKenzie prior to this week has been the team's clear wide receiver three. Uh, with both of them injured, Khalil Shakir got a few more snaps than usual. I think he had a couple receptions as well. So if they're both out, Shakir becomes the team's wide receiver three. And based on matchup, could be playable. We'll see what happens with McKenzie and Crowder going into next week. Jets had Zach Wilson back. Uh, mentioned it last week and continued this week. Brees Hall is clearly usurping Michael Carter as the team's RB1, getting a ton of work in the passing game, which is great for PPR. Uh, last week saw another six targets to Carter's three. Right now, as far as I can tell, he is at 27 targets on the year, which is pretty good through four games. And then New England, you mentioned Hoyer getting hurt. Bailey Zappi came in, looked decent. If I was the Patriots, I don't know if necessary. I don't know what they think of their own team. If you think. Hoyer is like the safer guy, but I, I, there's no reason. I, I don't, I don't know why certain teams just don't put Zappy in there. See what you got. He might even be better than Mac Jones. If you give him a little run here. So it'd be interesting to see what they do, but I, I, I like 
I liked Zappy as a prospect. I mean, not that he was a, a world beater, but I think he could add a little spark to that team. The, the other interesting thing, looking at snaps and targets and stuff, Devontae Parker never leaves the field. He's almost 100% snap share every week. Doesn't do shit with it, though. That guy's out there and does nothing. Think, because getting his cardio. That's what, that's what the yeah. kids these days. Get his it's cardio. all going to Aguilar while Jacoby Myers has been out for a couple weeks. Little Jordan Humphrey is is technically wide receiver three with Myers out. And Kendrick Bourne, they're just not using, which is very bizarre. But Yeah, I mean, hating the Patriots and the way they use their offensive skill position players persists. It wasn't clearly just uh, – Josh McDaniels, this is just a organizational decision. Yeah, I mean, they're passing. And I find consistent fantasy value in any of these guys. John who stinks. Hunter Henry is worse than stinks. I'm paced for his worst year in a long time. So Worse than John who. I mean, the Brian Hoyer thing, I'm sure it's just veteran for the young Mac Jones. And being familiar with the system. Can we squeak out a game or two because he's always going to be active, so he's getting those other snaps. I mean, Zappy's exciting. Let's see what you know a, a full week of Zappy looks like. <laughs> you know, it's after the teams get film on him type shit. But you know, more to come. Just quick, Devin Singletary, all the work, running back twenty three still doesn't even have a rushing touchdown on the year. It's still just still Buffalo running back irrelevant all over again. Yeah. What we saw down the stretch last year is just not persisting. It's Josh Allen's the runner, and they're throwing the ball. I mean, it's it's interesting. I actually have 28 targets for Brees Hall, only one behind leader Austin Eckler at 29. He's only caught 15 of them when Austin Eckler's caught 27 to 29. Uh, so I don't know gross. if that's more, that's more a Brees Hall thing or if it's the quarterback. But, I mean, he could have greater production given his utilization as well. So I think brighter days are ahead. I, I but, If you can trade for him, I absolutely would. Yeah, yeah, that's, Maybe owners down on him a little bit. Anyone who's arguing the 101 in rookie drafts this year, I mean, some people were hedging for receivers. I still was on Brees Hall. I think that's going to yield you know, the, the results that you and I wanted having him at the 101, even in super flex leagues. He's going to be a, a bell cow for the foreseeable future. Talking my East, NFC East. Let's just start with those Eagles. Miles Sanders saw a season-high 67% of the running back snaps and produced his best fantasy output of the season. 27 carries, 134 yards, two touchdowns, even had two catches for 22 yards. He looked fucking amazing out there. Just decisive, explosive. It was compromised conditions. We do have a plus offensive line, but the Jaguars have a good front to their own right. Sanders looked really Really good in that game. I'm not going to take a lot else from it. Trevor Lawrence fumbled his brains out, given the conditions. Jalen Hurts had his worst game of the year. Still ran it a ton. Wasn't nearly as productive, but picked up a rushing touchdown. Didn't yield to the results that you wanted from the wide receivers because the conditions kind of compromised things on both sides. So it was really more the running back. Boston Scott was inactive for the game, so it's like that's why I think Sanders got a lot of that kind of red zone work that's usually Boston Scott's area of expertise. So I wouldn't necessarily consider this, you know, a uh, a, you know a a preview of things to come potentially because they still like Boston Scott. They activated Trey Sermon for the game. Even he looked good in his few touches, and that's probably more product of the offensive line because Trey Sermon still not good at football. I, I didn't see that. Yuck. Yeah. Was, <laughs> a couple explosive runs from Sermon, but Sanders just looked amazing in the game um, for the Eagles. As far as the Cowboys talking about running backs, 60-40 split continues between Zeke and Pollard. Zeke has just no upside anymore um, because he's not getting a ton of pass downs work. He's not really being efficient in the running downs work that he's getting. 
we said it was time to move on from Zeke. He's bearing fruit because the offensive line isn't as good. Without Dak, it's you know probably not an explosive offense, even though Cooper Rush is 3-0 and as a starter. Some fucking hell for the Dallas Cowboys, but this is still it's turning into a you know f- you know close to fifty fifty split for both of these guys. You want to want a fun Cooper Rush stat? Sure do. Last undrafted quarterback to start three and zero in his first three starts. Guess who it was? And now he's four and zero. So I don't even know how far this stat continues. But last undrafted quarterback is Kurt Warner undrafted. Yes, sir. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. Cooper Rush. Like, next, next Kurt Warner. Man, listen. Do we have, you know, Jerry Jones said there's a controversy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, on top of it, Michael Gallup, first action, 64% of snaps. Uh, reason for optimism with him from zero to 64%. It's a, that's a good floor because you're assuming it's only going to go up from there. So better days are ahead for Michael Gallup. On the Giants side, Saquon Barkley played 94% of the snaps. I mean, it's fucking nuts. They're just, he doesn't <laughs> leave the field and Nor everyone else, he. everyone else rotates out, including obviously their quarterbacks. The snap leaders at the wide receiver position in week four, David Sills and Darius yep. snap leaders. Yep. Over, you know, you know, everyone's love child, Richie James, and then, you know, the ghost of Kenny Galladay. Like, it's just crazy what they're doing at the wide receiver position. Davis, uh, Daniel Jones might have logged more snaps at wide receiver <laughs> this week than Kenny Galladay did. But it was all said and done. But it's just ugly there at Saquon and Bust. For the commanders, Antonio Gibson, snaps by week, 64%, 54%, 44%, 41%. It's been Guess, steady decline for Antonio Gibson. Supposed to be back. Steady incline for Janie McKissick, and Brian Robinson can be reactivated. And it sounds like he will be reactivated. He's been practicing for like the last two weeks um, from that gunshot injury. It's going to be just atrocious in that backfield. Uh, there was some injuries. John Dotson picked up an injury in the game too. Not significant. Oh, yeah. but he left the game early on. Don't know how bad that is. If he's out, obviously I, I think he's out. More from McLaurin and Samuel, or it should see more opportunity there. But that backfield is just probably one, is going to be one of the muddiest backfields in the entire NFL, barring another, barring one of them being being befelled by injury going forward. It's going to be like ten touches each, maybe. Yay, eight, eight to ten touches each for the. I was going to say eight. Yeah, okay. I'm not. I'm not going to predict thirty. Well, seven, seven's only twenty-one carries. That's probably more. Accurate. Yeah, I'm talking total touches, like even receptions, like eight to ten. Because McKissick's not going to see a carry, in, you know, likely with those two. But it also means Brian Robinson's probably not going to see many targets when Gibson and McKissick are better receivers than Robinson is. So Robinson is going to be like need to get short yardage touchdowns. McKissick's going to need game script to, to get a ton of passes. And Antonio Gibson is going to need one of those two to get injured to really realize his value again. As well, let's play. Let's play a game here. Trust Whenever me. Robinson comes back, whether it's this week, next week. What do you think Antonio Gibson's snaps are going to be percentage? 28%. Oh, I was going to say 25. So we're in the same neighborhood. I mean, listen, with Adam, he's, he's the 40, low 40% snap player. Yeah. So you just get Brian Robson, even just acclimated. Him. It's going to eat him. into Gibson snaps more than McKissick's. So, yeah. I mean, they're probably literally like if next, if two weeks from now, they were literally 33, 33, 33, I would not be fucking surprised as far as the three other snaps. That's what Ron Rivera wants. Yeah, I don't even think that's debatable. I think yeah. it's going to. Yeah, so, it's it's rough. Free AG. 
disgusting. Deserves better than Ron. That it? That everybody would know Ron, my dick. That dude's <laughs> not gambler at all. You gamble. You keep hitting Derek Gibson out there. You <laughs> the f- thing with him. on a big play. He got that nickname because he was going to get fired. And he's like, fuck it, I got to win. So he just was a maniac and tried to win. And he, it worked. And, and then they did. just kept the name, even though when his job was safe, he stopped being Riverboat Run. So 100%. Yeah. Take the risks, get some wins. Uh, was that it for the East for you? Yeah. All right. AFC North. This is going to be a quick one. There's mm-hmm. really not much happening. Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett got on the field. Looks like he is the starter going forward. Got two rushing touchdowns, threw a couple bad interceptions, though, which we'll see how that goes. The snap share is kind of the same. Nothing new here at any of the positions, wide receiver, tight end, running back. Everything's kind of the same pecking order as you thought. However, and I don't know how these targets were split up, but George Pickens finally saw his targets pick up. Uh, Got eight this week after three, two, and seven the previous three weeks. He uh, out-targeted Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Didn't out-target Pat Frymuth, though, interestingly enough. I don't know how much of that work came after Pickett got in, though. I don't know what the splits were. I don't know if Pickett came in and was peppering him with targets, but I like it. Hopefully that continues. Baltimore, Dobbins went from 43 last week to 50% this week. Uh, Justice Hill got hurt. I don't think Gus Edwards is ready to come back, but Hill isn't going to be the backup this week. God, Mike Davis might make a little slight emergence until Gus Edwards come back. But I think I think Dobb is just going to get a shit ton of work this week. I, I love him um, heading into week five. Duvernay actually outsnapped Bateman, but doesn't mean much for this offense because obviously they're still behind Mark Andrews, even though Bateman – uh, target-wise, had more targets than Andrews and Duvernay in this game, but they're just not going to be a heavy pass team. Cleveland, absolutely nothing to report. Peoples-Jones, Amari Cooper are the 1-2 the, the by a huge margin. You got Hunt and um, geez, Nick Chubb, who I love, and I forgot his name completely. Mm. Chubb's obviously the one. Hunt's still heavily involved. And then at tight end, it's all in Joku. Nothing new there. And Cincinnati, nothing new. Pecking order is the same. Everybody's healthy, so there's no involvement of Boyd like we saw when Higgins was out. So it's kind of the same thing. Chris Evans, one, two, and three snaps the last three weeks. So <laughs> a guy that we were kind of high on this offseason, the team talked up. That guy's a fucking ghost, but nothing, nothing interesting of note there. No trends. That we didn't already know before the year started. Yeah, Kenyon Drake healthy scratch last week. Maybe he finds his way back in because he was supposed to be the guy the whole time. Dabo's out, and after like two weeks, they were like, "Ah, no." That's- he he might come in and be the the. I mean, I guess he's better than Mike Davis, right? I, I have to believe he is, and he's healthy scratch. So I'm gonna hold out some hope in some of my best ball leagues that have Kenyon Drake in it that he can get some work. But yeah, I got to think that was. Dobbins, Dobbins' first game, and he saw extensive action, but they also probably didn't obviously assume that Justice Hill was going to get hurt. So uh, options, you know, potentially were limited. George Pickens, well, love George Pickens. Boy, oh, boy. Uh, you got to like the, the target progression over four weeks. You can't like the four targets that went to Deontay Johnson. I know you're a heavy Deontay Johnson owner. That was not, that was not a pretty sight. And, you know, Chase Claypool is not commanding anything at this point in time for Pittsburgh. So I think it's going to narrow down to a Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth world. 
there in Pittsburgh and let's see what Kenny picking, uh, Kenny Pickett can do with it. But you know, from my North, from your North to my North NFC North, I already mentioned Dalvin cook. He played 63% of the snaps. Hasn't been above 77% all season. That was week one. So it wasn't even like he saw a truly reduced snap count. They've been using Alexander Madison all season. So, it was just harness up and get out there, son. We got to win a football game against a depleted New Orleans Saints team. He didn't do anything special in the game, but he saw a significant snap and touch count, saw 20 carries on the game, if memory serves me correct, as I'm scrolling around trying to find this dredge of a game. I just said the snaps. And, yeah, 20 carries, 76 scoreless yards. Madison did catch the touchdown, had one for 15, while Cook just had two for 10 receiving. So not a total dud game. I mean, what do you get you, 10.6 PPR points? But, like, you got to like the touches. I mean, they're willing to give 20 carries to this guy. So it's it's going to persist going forward, and they play – who? no, they got the Bears this week. <laughs> that's, that's the W-A. rebound game. W. Yeah, that's the rebound game that you want for Dalvin Cook. As far as the Packers are concerned, Romeo Dubs played 96% of the snaps. <laughs> Alan Lazard. Clear, starting two wide receivers in two wide sets for the Green Bay Packers, while Christian Watson saw a measly 25% of the snaps. He did find his way, I'm pretty sure, into a rushing touchdown for, their, for Christian Watson in the game. But when the game was on the line, Aaron Rodgers threw it to Romeo Dubs. And although he fumbled earlier and ah. dropped the Des Bryant touchdown in the end zone in the same game, he did redeem himself with a back shoulder touchdown from eight yards out to give you another productive fantasy line, five for 47 and a touchdown from Romeo Dubs, 15.7 PPR points. Like the guy has just been productive in this offense and is working his way into must flex territory week in and, yeah. and week out. He's not going to, relinquish that starting wide receiver role snaps tell no lies as far as the running backs are concerned on the season aaron jones 161 snaps aj dillon 145 snaps there's just there's just gonna be no separation here barring an injury you just gotta hope the guy that you start gets the touchdown in the week jones just looks better on a per touch basis but you know dylan is the hammer they want in this offense to kind of set the tone so good luck you know, they're, they're just going to continue to cannibalize each other. Neither one of them. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if neither one of them is an RB1 at the end of the season because we're not seeing that huge touchdown upside that I was hoping one or both of them would realize given the transition in the offense. As far as the Bears are concerned, Khalil Herbert played 77% of the snaps, did exactly what you wanted to do as a starter, saw the touches, just didn't get in the end zone. That's unfortunate because I did like the matchup that he had with the Giants, but tis what it is. 19 carries for 77 yards, productive there. Didn't really do a lot at all in the passing game. Had one reception on one target. was for 24 yards, but one target. And it's because the Bears don't throw the ball. The Those, uh, terrible. 22 total passes from Justin Fields on the week. Completed 11 of 22 of them, starting 50%. So, you know, one target to Cleo Herbert was a big one. Might want to throw it to him a bit more, but why would you do that in a modern-day NFL? So, <laughs> let's just keep his touches limited. Darnell Mooney, lowest snap percentage of the season, still 85%, but had by far his best game. Caught four passes for 194 of Justin Fields. Oh, sorry, four passes for 94 of Justin Fields, 174 yards on the week. It just pains me to see what Darnell Mooney could be oh, in an offense that like, threw disgusting. the ball like 30 times a week. Put him like, on the Panthers. <laughs> any fucking where. Put him on the Cardinals. Put him, just go anywhere that they're looking for receiver help. Uh, Mooney is just being 
criminally underutilized. And let's not even go into Cole Komet, who caught all three of his targets for 16 yards. Like, this was supposed to be such a predictable offense. It's going to be Montgomery, Mooney, Komet. That was it. It was a whole offense. They were getting everything. So, like, let's lean on to them. Fields is going to run a ton. No, absolutely not. We, we're not going to do that. We're just going to try and bleed the clock every single game, marginalize all these talents, make them all useless from a fantasy perspective. Last but certainly not least is the Detroit Lions. Their whole team was injured. DeAndre Swift was out, not a long-term injury, but we didn't reference that. Amon Ross St. Brown was inactive. We didn't mention that either. What this led to was a massive TJ Hawkinson explosion game, which Crazy. anyone should have seen coming, right? There was literally, he was thrown it to Josh Reynolds and Tim Reynolds, I think is another guy's name. And Tom Kennedy. Tom Kennedy. Yeah, there he is. And friggin' uh, uh, quick who got hurt in the game too, I believe. So it, if anyone didn't see the TJ Hawkinson explosion spot coming, you're sadly mistaken. DeAndre Swift out. Jamal Williams still only played 50% of the snaps in the game, which surprised me. I didn't watch the game, but I would have just assumed he was going to get a larger snap share. Still found his way into 19 carries for 108 yards and two touchdowns. On the week, Craig Reynolds was productive in his limited touches, but it didn't lead to a huge snap spike for Jamal Williams. So what this goes to show is there will always be two running backs. Yeah. When it, when it's the Detroit Lions, like it doesn't matter if if Williams will get hurt, it'd be two other guys splitting the load. They're just not going to just lay the lumber on one of these guys. They're going to diffuse it across them. And it just so happens Jamal Williams found the end zone two times last week. Yeah, the 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 <laughs> I'm writing an article about like the biggest uh, over and under performers so far in the year. And the Bears are so bad, I'm actually just going to do a paragraph called The Bears. <laughs> like, I'm not. Or The Bears. Yeah. I'm not. No, they don't even deserve the duh anymore. They're just The Bears with a no. sad face next to it. Because, yeah, every, I mean, everyone has sucked, especially based on ADP. And, the, and they were in this game. It was 17 to 12 in the third quarter. I mean, it was a game they could have won if they really wanted to. They lost to a team with. Fucking no Saquon Barkley, a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So, giant disappointment. Oh. Dun, dun. oh, right. <laughs> giant disappointment. Listen to you. And if the AFC uh, North had not a lot going on. We're going to go AFC West. Also, not, not a lot going on. I mentioned it last week. Eckler again did not get 60% of snap share, which was kind of the standard he was at for the last couple of seasons. So he's he got in the end zone three times, so it didn't matter. But they're, they're, he's not as heavily used, being as heavily used as he has in the past. So he wants we kind of saw that heading into this week where he wasn't getting in the end zone this week. He finally did. Maybe his work ticks up a little bit. We'll see kind of when Keenan Allen's back and this team has all their weapons, how they kind of move the targets around and who's actually on the field. They're, they're wide receiver two with Allen out. It's kind of rotated between Palmer and uh, Carter each week. But once Allen's back, those guys are a distant three behind Williams and Allen. Kansas City, Clyde Edwards Hilaire got in the end zone another two times. So people, I, I know that the, there's a lot of people saying to sell high on him, but the way they're using him, he can keep this up throughout the season. I don't see why. I mean, I, I don't think he did anything on the ground. I believe he had zero yards rushing or something close. That was to that. two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> but they're using him and he's getting in the end zone. When these teams use guys near, near, near the end zone, you, you have to pay attention to it. And I, I think he's going to keep up 
that touchdown equity all year. And it's not like anyone else is approaching him in the snap category. So uh, jet jets out there, but not doing much. And, and that's kind of been it. So I, I still like him. I think people are too low. If people are trying to sell high, I wouldn't pay top dollar for him, but I would still be happy to acquire him at wide receiver. MVS is still the snap leader with Juju behind him and Hardman who's doing nothing with him is still third. And at uh, tight end, Noah Gray has played a pretty higher percentage of snaps than I would have thought so far. He's probably the handcuff if you are concerned about Kelsey going down with an injury at some point, which I'll, I'll get to later when we talk about waivers. But nothing surprising there. Denver, we lost Javante Williams, as we said at the top of the show. Mike Boone, 19 snaps to Melvin Gordon's 10. They did sign Latavius Murray, which I'm sure we'll discuss. We get to the waivers portion here, but Boone played more than Gordon. Gordon can't keep the fucking ball (laughs) off the turf. I think I sent you a a text yesterday. I believe he's got four, five fumbles in his last 44 touches. So not good. Not good to stay on the field. And the the team knows that. That's why they went and picked up Murray. Uh, Wide receiver, very, very heavy one, two. It's Sutton and Judy. Kendall Hinton seems to be the team's wide receiver three. If you don't think Judy can stay healthy or suspect uh, Sutton gets banged up, Hinton seems to be the guy. And again, I'll talk about that more when we get to waivers. But I picked up all their secondary receivers in leagues where I had the space at the bottom of my roster hoping somebody would emerge, and it appears to be Hinton, Hinton so far. And in my backyard, Las Vegas Raiders, with Renfro out. It, it's been the Mac Hollins show. Didn't do much this week, although he did see five targets, which was the same as Waller's five, both trailing Devontae Adams, 13 targets. Curious to see how they use him when Renfro's healthy and back here. But, again, it's another team. We kind of know where all the work's going. It's all Josh Jacobs out of the backfield. It's all Darren Waller at tight end. Heavy target percentage to Devontae Adams and then, the wide receiver two thing has, hasn't really shaken out yet due to the injuries at, at, with Renfro and, and Holland's kind of emerging. So when Renfro's back, it'll take a couple of weeks probably to see who's their wide receiver two, but whoever it is will probably have some fantasy value down the stretch. Great job, John. And I always jealous when you get to talk to AFC West. I did want to get on Clyde Edwards Slayer because you said some people are saying he's a sell high. Snaps through four weeks, 27, 25, 25, 45. Uh, he he finally eclipsed fifty percent snap share this week. It was at the expense of Jerick McKinnon. Isaiah Pacheco saw twenty one percent of the snaps, and he looked damn good as well. That dude runs yeah. hard. I could ultimately see him stealing some of that goal line work away from Alaire. Alaire's done a, a tremendous job of catching short touchdown passes so far. I didn't expect nineteen carries from him against this Bucks defense. I think a lot of that was situational with some of those early key turnovers put him in a bad spot. I don't think this that's how Kansas City is built, honestly, even though they tried to revamp their offensive line to be better running. <laughs> I think this is going to go down as probably Alaire's most productive day. I know he's had two touchdown days before, but even just on the ground, he looked good. He did what he needed to do in his one reception for a touchdown. I don't know. I, I would be testing the trade market on Hilaire because I do think Pacheco is going to find his way to get more involved. But the one who won't is zero percent snap Ronald Jones through four weeks. <laughs> Ooh, just that just makes my my heart happy. So you know. all the believers, people were still like, nah, this is this is the year. Oh yeah. Oh, listen, they gave him five million dollars. He landed in Kansas City. He's gonna be their early down back. It's like, 
Did you never watch Ronald Jones on the NFL? <laughs> Apparently the Chiefs did when they signed him. How, how he's still on the roster is beyond me. I mean, what wonder what those guarantees look like. But um, he has been surpassed by multiple individuals. He is two injuries away from being active, it seems like, at this point in time. So <laughs> Three. <Ronald Jones. laughs> All right, going on to my West, which I don't know what it is. Like, I'm getting a lot of Monday night games. So I'm getting, like, late updates. Like, always. Like, it's been heavy. NFC on the Monday night slate, it seems like for me thus far. So starting with the Rams, who laid an absolute egg, the Niners have their number. Shanahan just has McVay's number. First time the Niners were actually favored in a game as well, and they're just winning and covering over and over again against the Rams. So for those Rams, 69% of the targets in the game went to Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby. It's absolute insanity just force feed that that the mode they go into when they're just off their game. Cooper Cup has played 100% of snaps this year. He has not left the football field once. He's the quarterback of wide receivers. Just doesn't leave the field. This is the most predictable volume in the entire league. Cup and Higby are must-starts in, in PPR leagues going forward. Allen Robinson is not startable. In leagues where it's two wide receiver and a flex PPR, I you got, I didn't need to see it. He's out there all the time and it doesn't fucking matter. It's, it's never going to be him when they fall in these negative game scripts. It's cup and Higby when they're ahead, they want to run the ball more. The, the game script will never be Allen Robinson centric. I don't care what they paid him. I don't care how optimistic even I was going in knowing that they lost Odell, knowing that Van Jefferson's on IR. It doesn't fucking matter. It just, it just doesn't matter. I mean, Allen Robinson is not going to have that explosion game that you're going to regret having him on your bench. Both running backs sucked. Uh, and that was Darrell Henderson playing 59% of snaps to Akers 38% of snaps. Didn't matter. None of them, neither of them did shit in the game. <laughs> as far as the 49ers are concerned, Debo only had two carries, which shocked me in, in the game, but he was the target leader at seven and threw up a big six for 115 and one receiving line against uh, the Rams. The running back snaps were all Jeff Wilson and Kyle Juszczyk. Tevin Coleman played one snap. Jordan Mason didn't even see the field. So it's never Jordan Mason. <laughs> Sorry, not happening. Pretty surprising, actually. Uh, yeah, just clearly, he's just a special teams guy. Tevin Coleman it just knows the system. But no, so long as Jeff Wilson's healthy, he's getting all the touches in the offense and no one else until Elijah Mitchell comes back. And then who knows what it looks like at that point in time because Mitchell should probably be back by the time that Tyrion Davis price comes back from the high ankle uh, as well. They probably have a similar projected timeline, maybe a little bit. I heard eight weeks from Mitchell when it first happened. So. Yeah. Mitchell I think was a long one yeah, as a meniscus maybe. So I mean, TDP might come back and eat into that when he comes back from that high ankle, but it's Jeff Wilson season yet another season where there's going to be a new leader in rushing yards for the San Francisco for Kyle Shadow. He back. gets hurt. Yeah. It's strict continues. <laughs> Your Seahawks, Rashad Penny, has played exactly 69% of snaps in three or four weeks this year. Coincidence? Hey, yo. I think not. Rashad <laughs> Penny's fucking awesome. Oh, that gosh. dude has been oh, shit no. on year after year after year after year, and I just kept going back like if he could stay healthy, he's going to be productive. Here's a One question for you. That drafting Kenneth Walker was a fucking mistake by this front office. He can't even see the field right now because Penny – he is still healthy. He's still playing. And until that changes, he is the alpha in that backfield. Who, who pays that, him? Who pays him a year from now? 
Uh, it's a great question. It ain't Seattle because they took Walker. The, the, the honest answer is probably nobody because the NFL needs to finally learn that you just don't pay these running backs. Or he gets another one-year deal. Like, And it's, that's just what you do with running backs. You just mercenary them. Like You draft them <laughs> late and you use them for three or four years or you sign them to one-year deals and hope for the best. But he's still, he's still got game. Metcalf and Lockett saw their season low snaps for the year. Metcalf was deuce induced, I think, because he had to ride the cart back to the locker room to take a big old dump. So that's what led to his snaps being down. But it didn't stop Geno Smith from having another monster game against those Detroit Lions. Last and certainly least, the Cardinals. Greg Dortch was reduced to a 36% snap player because Rondell Moore came back and played 86% of meaningless snaps in the game. Neither of them did anything. In that game, that was tough to watch. It was what was on my local broadcast, and that game was painful. It was just like penalty, penalty, delay, penalty, delay, penalty, like unbearable television. Walked away several times. But the Greg Dortch experiment is over with the return of Rondell Moore, and it's only going to be further over when DeAndre Hopkins finally comes back from his suspension. So hopefully you milked the Greg Dortch cow while you had it, or you pawned him off on someone else because – He's droppable at this point in time. It's a good segue to my uh, AFC South. You think a, a similar player to Dorch, Ashton Doolin. There's a guy who <laughs> names flashed a little bit. He had a couple of decent games here. Uh, he is leaps and bounds behind everyone when everyone's healthy in Indy. He's behind Pittman, Campbell, and Pierce. Pierce actually had a decent amount of work finally which I hoped from the start of the year and what they had reported. So I'd like to see a little more out of him. Uh, Tight ends here. Great in best ball. Bad if you're picking who to start each week. They're they're splitting the work. They're splitting the targets. Playing Rochambeau for touchdowns, apparently. Yes. (laughs) It's a tight end 1A, B, 1A, 1B, 1C. It's a disaster uh, Woods is, is trailing the other two in targets, but he has had a couple splash games here and there. If, and Before you pivot off, just imagine if this stat line was like somehow combined. Six for 85 and two touchdowns from Allie Cox, four for 62 for Kyler Granson, one yeah. for 33 for Jelani Woods. I uh, just want to do quick math. That's 95 yards. That's like 180 yards and two touchdowns yeah. from the tight end position of the game. They could be, there's a monster hiding here. There's, there's two monsters. They're Don't want to see a, guys are huge. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to see an injury, but yeah, it would really clear things wow. up here. The other weird one, we had mentioned this last week talking about guys to stash in the event of injury. And we had mentioned Deion Jackson. If anything happens to Taylor, it'll probably be Jackson with Hines keeping his role. Interestingly enough, Taylor got banged up in this one. Deion Jackson, zero snaps. So I don't know what – it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know who they've got on their practice squad. I haven't looked. I don't know if there's anyone they can elevate or what their plan is. But he ain't going to have 0% again. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. It'll be fun to actually see. But right now it's kind of a bit of a mystery. I can tell you the injury happened at the end of the game. So that's why Deion Jackson never saw the field. Was it like literally the last play? You'd think he'd get I, I was, I two read snaps. At, I've read at the end of the game. So Ugh, Gross. Houston Texans. Damian Pierce is emerging. Got 100% of the carries last week. Snaps went from 29 to 62 to 59 to 68% last week. 
Rex Burkhead saw his lowest snap percentage of the year at 32. Uh, it's all Damian Pierce, which is how it should have started, even though I think Sexy Rexy got in the end zone. Uh, tight end, they've had a weird thing going on in Houston. Starting the year, it was all Pharaoh Brown and Brevin Jordan. As the years progressed through four weeks, they re-signed Jordan Aikens after they had some injuries. Last week, O.J. Howard uh, led the team in snaps with Jordan Aikens at two. Steer clear of this. It's just a it's a bad team, and, and it's hard to know where the work is even going to go. O.J. Howard led him in snaps this past week at tight end, but you know, week one, I think he had three snaps and two fucking touchdowns. So good luck figuring out where the targets are going, even if you know who the snap leader is. Tennessee, not much there. We mentioned Traylon Burks getting hurt. No word yet on how much time he's going to miss, if any. Robert Woods, Westbrook Akinne are their two main receivers. This team is not good for fantasy aside from Derrick Henry. And the Jacksonville Jaguars. ATN outsnapped uh, James Robinson for the first time all year. Some guy named Tim Jones was their wide receiver two with Zay, or sorry, wide receiver three with Zay Jones out um, behind Marvin Jones, but kind of a weird guy to emerge because there are some other names. Jamal Agnew got in the end zone twice, but he only had 18 snaps. Tim Jones, whoever that is, saw 26 snaps. So he was out there more with Zay Jones out. Marvin <clears throat> Jones was out there, but did nothing with his work. So kind of a weird guy to emerge there if you're looking for a, a deeper stash guy i know waivers are picked clean in most spots but maybe this tim jones guy is <laughs> worth a dart throw just to stash because he seems to be getting at least the snap work if anything were to happen long term to jones or the other jones or to christian kirk oh all right well listen breaking news Farrow brown is being released by the texans so that's after leading him snaps for after why well, he played zero snaps in week four, seventy five percent for OJ Howard as he just got signed in advance of week one seems like seventeen twenty nine thirty one seventy five like OJ Howard new lease on life with the Houston Texans potentially Brevin Jordan it's, it's a reason I looked at, didn't know if he's hurt or not he went from sixty to thirty seven he's played zero percent of snaps the last two weeks I think he's hurt you know which has led to Aikens uptick those two weeks as he's picked up the slack in the 29 and 35%. But we might be talking about OJ Howard being a, I don't want to say a league winner, but another one of these out of nowhere. Stringer option. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. Farrow or Brevin Jordan is recovering from an ankle injury. So, I mean, it's, it's like they're riding OJ Howard. Now they've moved on from Farrow Brown. So I was, I was pretty high on Brevin Jordan as kind of a late round guy going into the year. Cause I thought the team was going to be bad enough to throw a lot. And they they found their way in throw, and putting some production to those tight ends so far. It's just been kind of Indianapolis Colts-esque where it's yeah. all over yeah. the place. There's just no consistency. Um, from your south to my south, so we'll start the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers said, fuck it, we ain't running at all in, in this game. Six total carries on the game. Snap count, 61% for Fournette, 38% for Rashad White. White put the ball on the turf on the opening kickoff. And I think that set a, <laughs> it set an unfortunate series of events in, in in a carrots where Chiefs scored right away on a free possession, and it looked like Patriots. Uh, sorry, Patriots. The Buccaneers were chasing <laughs> from there on out. But White 
it's starting to see an increased snap count. We're starting to see the reduction on Fournette a little bit where he was just like the every down guy early on for Brady. They totaled 12 catches for 107 yards and a touchdown on the game, those running backs. There's still so much value in mm-hmm. the pass catching running back for Tom Brady. I'm hoping that they're going to get Rashad White more involved in that process. Not, to, not that I want to ding Lenny at all, but we both are big Rashad White fans here, and I think that dude could be a true difference maker as a pass catcher out of the backfield. He's just young and fresh. And Leonard Fournette, while still gets it done, he does not have that juice that Rashad White does with the ball in his hands. First game back, after the first game back, Chris Godwin plays 83% of snaps. Like, they're just not hesitant. There's a like, get now, you're getting back out there. Like, we can't trust Julio, so do you and Mike Evans. Like, you guys got to play. Like, we don't want to play any of these other guys anymore. No more for Shop Berman. We want to limit Russell Gage. We don't even want to activate Cole Beasley. Like, come on, Chris. We need you, son. Get out there. Look good. So, I'm right back in all my starting lineups this week. After 83% of snap <laughs> last week, see it, believe it, starting Chris Godwin everywhere. Carolina Panthers. CMC played 87% of the snaps after being limited all week and questionable to play. 87% of snaps. There was never any doubt this dude was playing in the game for the Carolina Panthers. He saw nine targets in the game. I only know that because I feel like I played against him everywhere, and he just had a shit ton of passes in this game. <laughs> nine targets for the same amount he saw the last two weeks prior combined. So, yeah, big reception game for Christian McCaffrey was coming. Just didn't know when it was coming. Clearly week four against me is when it was coming. He's still must start everywhere. DJ Moore. I sat him a bunch of places, put a tweet out saying congratulations to everyone else for the explosion game that's coming from DJ Moore as I finally benched him. He saw 11 targets. Didn't explode. Six for 50. It's fucking Baker Mayfield. Uh, Why I thought that guy was going to solve the DJ Moore dilemma was beyond me. How much is Mayfield and how much do you think is just a shit offensive system? 50-50. I'm waiting. Hey, I'm consciously <laughs> waiting for Sam Darnold to come back and try and make this a QB competition again. That's that's where I've gotten to with the Carolina Panthers because Mayfield's not elevating this offense either. I mean, play call could be shit, but make Mayfield's not doing anything to help. Yeah, the cause. I mean, you have a Christian McCaffrey and a DJ Moore. I mean, they should be seeing nine and eleven targets every single week. Twenty of your targets should go to those two gentlemen, regardless of who else is on the field. And it took until this week for it to finally happen. Saints went over to London and told all their starters they didn't need to play. They just said, you, you guys are good. Jameis, Alvin, Michael, just enjoy this. Enjoy, uh, you know. Enjoy your fish and chips. You know, yeah. Go, go have yourselves a good time. You guys aren't playing. So Latavius Murray steps right in, plays 43% of his naps. Look good. 11 for 57 and one rushing. Had another target. Caught an eight-yard pass. Got himself a starting job with the Denver Broncos, or potentially potentially starting job with the Denver Broncos going forward. Marcus Callaway played 97% of the snaps. He was the snap leader at the wide receiver position with Michael Thomas out. The Jarvis Landry's cooked. Chris Olave is in the 60%, I, I believe. And Marcus Callaway just snap share spiked in the game, surprisingly enough. On to the Falcons, last team we'll talk about. Cordell Patterson, unfortunately, knee put on the short-term IR, missing a, a minimum of four weeks. Led to 44% of snaps for Tyler Algier and 22% of snaps for Caleb Huntley. You and I were, were messaging back and forth, and I was a fan of Caleb Huntley's coming out of Ball State a year ago. And just never – I don't know how he never got a shot with the Falcons last year when they had, like, nothing else at running back. But, Mike dude, Davis. got about one series and just ran it down their throats 
for a series and just look good. But Algiers probably going to be the primary beneficiary for the short term here. I still don't like the Falcons offense at all. So no. I'm not going to be like losing my shit for either one of these guys, but they're going to be the top two. Avery Williams will probably still be the third down back for them. Like they're not going to bring anyone in. Why would they? It's going to be, let's see what we have from these young guys. Kyle Pitts played a season low 62% of snaps in this game. <sighs> this team is horrific. I, I am I'm at an absolute loss. They won. So yeah, and all, all Arthur Smith wants to do is win. So how am I gonna argue with somehow the Atlanta Falcons being two and two so far on the young season? But 19 pass attempts from Marcus Mariota. I mean, they're 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 trying to tell the Bears to like hold their beer. At this point in time, it's, you know, we can, we can outdo you. We're going to run it 35 times for 202 yards and two touchdowns. That's great. <laughs> I guess that worked, worked for one week, you know, when you throw it to Kyle Pitts four times and he catches one for 25 yards, you throw it seven times to Drake London. He catches it two for 17 yards. You're not going to win a lot of those games. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. You're not going to win a lot of those games with, with that type of game script. The, the Atlanta Falcons are, a dredge. Now that Patterson's not active, I want nothing to do with anything Atlanta Falcons right now. Until he can come back and I can be on Team CP84 again. I don't if care. They, Any- if one of the running backs emerges like after this week, I could lean that direction. But I, I mean, I see where you're going. But I think if one of them fills that role, you could pretty confidently roll one of them out because you've been able to play Patterson all this time. So I, I think you could have a viable running back as long as they're not splitting the work. But unfortunately, I think they're going to end up splitting the work. That's kind of so do I. <laughs> so it just limits like Patterson was clearly going to get the lion's share of the work if he was healthy. And now I, I, I heard an interview on the radio and they asked uh, Arthur Smith what the plan was, even in that game. What's the plan? Arthur Smith said he's going to talk to his running backs coach and ask them who he thinks will be the best guy for any given play. So, yes, play to play. It's who's the better fit for what they want to run, Algier or Huntley. So so he's fully deferring. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, listen, Cordell Patterson played 65%, 59%, 61% the first three weeks. I mean, he was clearly the favorite. And then Keith Smith, the fullback, was filling up a majority of that difference. I mean, Algier's been 31, 37, 44. So his role's growing as well. Caleb Huntley was 100% a byproduct of Cordell Patterson's injury. So it's going to be Algier who's going to get the first shot at it. He was the one drafted by, you know, just this year. Um you know, to see what they had in him. And I think he can, he can catch the ball too. I just don't, I just think their offense sucks. So I agree. Limited touchdown opportunity. And they don't think <laughs> they don't, they weren't throwing it to quarter L Patterson. So why are they going to start really throwing it to Tyler Algier? I mean, on the season, <clears throat> quarter L Patterson has seven targets and five of them came in week one. He had one target in weeks two and three and didn't get a target in week four before he left the game. The running back has 12 targets on the season. Six of those 12 came in week one. 50% of the running back targets came in week one with five of those six being Patterson. They don't throw their running back at all. They don't throw to anyone, but gross. definitely don't throw their running back. Absolutely gross. But yeah. speaking of gross things, that's a smooth transition, right, to waivers for this week. A week ago, the, the couple of names we threw out, Kenny Pickett 
And now Kenny Pickett looks like he's starting. We mentioned RB handcuffs, specifically Mike Boone and Deion Jackson, both of which seem to be in line for an uptick in work this week. So kind of on the right <laughs> path. So let's see where we're at this week. What are some names you got for a week in advance? Yeah, I mean, it's we're, we're getting out ahead of it now. So, you know, we're not going to go with the, the Mike Boones or the Deion Jacksons. We just talked about Algier. I mean, to a later, lesser degree, you could probably say Caleb Huntley's worth a speculative ad for, for little fab to see what's going on there. I'm not, I'm going to, you know, I mean, even Deion Jackson's a one week fix. I mean, I, I don't think it's not a long term injury for, for Jonathan Taylor. So while that might help you this week, and if you picked him up for free last week, maybe you start him. Once Taylor's ruled out, but I don't think there's a there's a ton of running backs. I mean, we can look to the injury route yeah, at this point in time, and that's kind of where we've gone thus far, right? And it's like CMC has already been nicked up several times, but who's the handcuff for him? I honestly don't know. If you look at their snaps, Dante Foreman and uh, Christ, why am I drawing a blank on the other guy's name? I just had it in my head. Chuba Hubbard, literally, are almost just the same person they 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 flip-flop week to week but no, no neither one of them has taken like a clear you know stranglehold on, on the starting role so i don't see the running back right now that could benefit from an injury i mean listen i already preached rashad white i don't know what his ownership percentage is but i would like to have some rashad white on my benches in my redraft leagues yeah in the that's event. the only running back i got listed yeah, that that Fournette gets hurt, but looking around the league beyond that, I mean, it's you know we talked about Buffalo and that that it's clearly Devin Singletary, but that doesn't even mean shit. He's barely an RB two on the season. So am I going to tell you to go get Zach Moss or or James yeah. Cook? No, because if Singletary goes down, it's going to be Moss running downs and Cook on the passing downs. It's going to be worse than with with uh, Singletary active. Brees Hall goes down. Does my boy Ty Johnson get an opportunity? Probably, but it's going to be Michael Carter and Ty Johnson. And he's not going to be as good as Brees Hall is, you know. So there is some tear downs as far as all of that is concerned. So I was going more towards the wide receiver route. Rondell Moore, I said, is back active in the starting lineup. He's only eighteen percent owned. He's a guy that in PPR leagues I think is going to get a lot of opportunity in this Arizona offense because I still think they're terrible and they're going to have to find a way to utilize this guy. Your boy Corey Davis only owned in twenty five percent of Yahoo leagues. Zach Wilson loves Corey Davis. I mean, yeah. there's, there's no denying that as much as I love Elijah Moore and as much as, you know, Garrett Wilson has kind of popped already. Zach Wilson loves Corey Davis. It's just, it's just death taxes of Corey Davis. What Zach Wilson is in the game. He's a must add in my opinion, Jamison Williams, 27% owned. We're seeing what this lion's offense is doing with just like duct tape and band-aids. Imagine dropping a Jamison Williams into this offense in a few more weeks. He's only a 27% owned guy. I, I would be considering spec adding him. And then we talked about the Giants wide receiver room and what it currently looks like without Sterling Shepard and Darius Tony. Wondell Robinson is only a 4% owned guy. I mentioned him a week ago. He's still not practicing, but you could just add him for $0. When he gets on the field, he will probably lead this team in targets as soon as he is active because he's stepping over all of these dead bodies in New York <laughs> to the top of the wide receiver pecking order. And as much as he isn't a prototypical guy, they're going to scheme touches for him. I, I guarantee it. So they're clearly I'm, I'm looking at diminutive receivers. Rondell Moore and Wondell Robinson are guys that I'm suggesting get added. And while we we're just talking about Farrell Brown being released, I could support adding OJ Howard. I could. He's getting the snaps. 
there's one more piece removed from from his opportunity for production. I still think the Texans are a bad team. They're going to have to throw the ball more often than not. I could see Speck add in OJ Howard, um, you know, in a pinch with uh, if you're having like subpar production from your tight ends. This worked out well that you focused on wide receivers because I had none, but I went to other positions. I went tight end and quarterback heavy, so we we unintentionally complimented each other well here. We mentioned Bailey Zappy. <laughs> he might get some work going forward because they know what they have in Hoyer. You have to get the young guys out there and see who you have in them, especially a quarterback. So he's worth an ad short term and I think long term if anything happens to Mac Jones or if Jones is out longer than they expect. Two is hurt. Teddy Bridgewater is not very good. Skylar Thompson looked good in the preseason. If Tua misses extended time or gets hurt again, as we mentioned, his inability to protect himself, Skylar Thompson could be a sneaky guy who emerges down the stretch. Could be a long-term guy. Who knows what the hell is wrong with Tua or if injuries pile up. Skylar Thompson could be their quarterback for the remainder of the year at some point in the season. And you want to talk about guys who are just playing behind people that we've seen get hurt. We're talking about little quarterbacks. Trace McSorley in Arizona backing up uh, Kyler Murray. And in Los Angeles for the Chargers, Chase Daniels worth adding good weapons around him on a decent offense. And Malik Willis could get on the field sooner rather than later in Tennessee just because they stink, but tight end too. Before you go, though, let me is anyone that doesn't know about Bailey Zappi 2021, Bailey Zappi threw for just shy of 6,000 passing yards and a 62 to 11 touchdown interception ratio at Western Kentucky. I mean, the dude put it up almost 700 times in that season. Like, he is a gunslinger, He'll sling it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and yeah, so know him. Skylar Thompson, you've been on for for a little while now, and how good, he looked great in the preseason. Anyone who watched preseason games was talking about Eric Ezukam and Skylar Thompson. The one thing I have for you is is Trace McSorley the backup or is it Colt McCoy? Just Colt McCoy's on IR right now. McCoy, well, I do think Kyler Murray is. You know, I mean, if we're talking about guys that could get digged up and miss a couple games, getting the backup in Arizona is probably not the worst thing. Trace McSorley probably more upside because he's mobile. Than a yeah. Colt McCoy, but I guess you just have to see week to week with him. Like, Correct. And then moving to tight end, I, I've been saying his name for weeks. You've been saying it all offseason. Greg Dulcich. Albert O saw one snap. That guy sinking stock. If you've been stashing him and hope to move him, uh, that ship has sailed after this week. When Dulcich comes back, I think he's going to be a, a very important part of this passing game. Albert O is dead in the water. And Noah Gray, talk about just potential injury stashes. If anything were to happen to Kelsey, Noah Gray is clearly the number two. I, I know I've stashed uh, the other guy whose name is is escaping me, and it's not even worth me looking it up. It's going to uh, be Jody Fortson? Yes, correct. Yeah. Well, listen, all three of them scored touchdowns last week. So that's <laughs> the part. Noah Gray, that, that direct snap where he just snuck yes. in. Fortson caught the touchdown, and then, you know, obviously, Kelsey always catches touchdowns. But, yes, yeah, I mean, how crazy on Albert L. I mean, listen, I took the cheese, too, when they traded Fan away. I mean, just I was like, clear the deck. But, no, it's Eric Saubert who sold <laughs> 77% of snaps. Eric Tomlinson played 45% of snaps. So the it's answer is Eric thing. anyone except Albert L. Yeah, your name's got to be Eric, you know, the, to, to get opportunity. But, Goodness gracious, 67%, 53%, 32%, 2% snap counts for Albert O. That is, is just probably as 
that's that's a Kenny Galladay esque <laughs> ball from Snapshare Grace for for one Alberto. Painful. But before we get out, just put you on the spot for three three names that we've all three spots that we've been talking about for for this week only. Who do you like better, Mike Boone or Latavius Murray? Mike Boone knows the offense. And season long, who do you like better between those two? Mike Boone. I have an irrational love for Mike Boone. There you go. Me too. I've, uh, dude, I've been team Mike Boone since Cincinnati, and I just feel like he kept getting stepped over for opportunity. Like he's, he's got a chance good. here. He's yeah. good. The dude is good. I yeah. want to see it happen for Mike Boone. Is he on Javante? I wish it was Melvin Gordon instead of Javante Williams, but we can't pick and choose. I mean, we mentioned this. He looked good depth. He just showed well in his first game, but he's also like 33 years old. Yeah. Like when he doesn't know how much, how much are you spending yeah. on Boone? Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. I mean, it, he, I think he's to me, I mean, he's going to be 50%? A heavy, he's a, at least. Yeah. He's a heavy fab guy in my opinion. I mean, this is a guy I've believed in for a while too. So there's that as well. It's just not a guy like, Oh shit. Tyler Algier is a starter for the Falcons now that nah, don't care. <laughs> I like Mike Boone. I, I think, him in this offense could do special things. And it, and it also is a fact that I don't like Melvin Gordon and he's cooked and he's fumbling it constantly. And that just doesn't lead to more opportunity in an offense that needs consistency. So Mike Boone could be a fancy football league winner this year. Yeah. Naheem Hines, Deion Jackson for this week. Naheem Hines. And last and certainly least, Tyler Algier, Caleb Huntley <laughs> for the next four weeks, we'll say. Um, I would lean Algier. He outsnapped yeah, him. He was already getting snaps the weeks prior before Patterson got hurt. Caleb Huntley is going to turn into the Tyler Algier where he's going to be like the 30% snap player. Algier is going to be the 60% snap player. And then they'll get Avery Williams in there as well. Gross. It is gross. <laughs> but there they are. I just wanted to get instant reaction for those. Uh, those are the bigger names, I think, for for everybody the, this week for for waivers short term. But curious where you were. We're, we're the same. I mean, I think Hines is obviously the upside guy for PPR. But uh, like I said, I think Hines' role stays the same, and I think Deion Jackson becomes their de facto starting running back on running downs. We'll see if I'm right or not in a couple of days. Listen, he beat out uh, Philip Lindsay, so who, who knows? Uh, <laughs> the sky's the limit for this guy. And I just wanted to look up something real quick because I was I was curious after seeing too many games so far this year. Raheem Mostert's only <laughs> only rostered at 51% of all Yahoo leagues, and he's the starting running back for the Miami Dolphins, who I think are probably going to run the ball more <laughs> with Teddy Bridgewater. They're playing the Jets this week. I don't know. 5, 11, 8, and 15 carries. He's actually looked good in the opportunities he's got. He saw three, two, three targets the last three weeks as well. Somehow Chase Edmonds is now like the short yardage goal line guy. Yeah. And Mostert's like the every down back. It's strange the way it's working out, but you might want to go out and look and see if Raheem Mostert's available in your leagues. Like if you're missing Jonathan Taylor for one week and Raheem Mostert's a free agent in your league, I'm sorry, Raheem Mostert or Deion Jackson for sure. Oh, true. Over Tyler Algier too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so look, look beyond just the injury guys as well because, you know, 50% Reem Mostert means there's 50, 49% of leagues he's available. True story, but that should do it for us. Unless you got anything else to add here? Nope. He's nope. going 5 and 0. Moving on. Taking it, taking it in the pants, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Eagles greater than Cardinals. 
Better. Much better bird. There's a bird pecking order, John. <laughs> There's no comparison here. Eagle, eagle, eagle is the one A in birds, right? I mean, if we're talking fight to the death, alpha bird. Yes, what's better than an eagle, especially yeah. in North America. Nothing. I mean, I don't know exactly what a seahawk is, but I mean, it sounds pretty, pretty badass. Yeah, uh, but yes, eagles, eagles yeah. above cardinals for sure. You seen an eagle in person? I have. They're enormous. They are. They're, it's terrifying, they're actually. Very, very imposing. <laughs> <laughs> There's no fear in an eagle's eyes. <laughs> come back, come back next week for more exciting bird talk. But for this week, that'll do it. Hey-o. We're the Fantasy Forty for myself, John Barry, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score. We are out of here. I like the bird talk. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, eagles are monsters. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, they're just looking around like something's fucking with me. I don't believe there is an actual seahawk. Yeah, I didn't think that was a real thing either. Do some seahawk research. There's a hawk right now. Hawk that lives in the is a seahawk a real bird? Comes right up. Thanks, Google. There is no such thing. Yeah, I didn't think so either. So it came up a tweet from 2020 at Jimmy Kensky. He's an Eagles beat reporter that ranking bird mascots in the NFL. One Eagle, two Falcon, three Raven, four Cardinal, five Seahawk. Now, there's that. It's official. Oh, <laughs> they said it could have been a Skua, S-K-U-A-S. And that bird looks fucking stupid. Hmm. They said it could be an, a group of predatory seabirds. Oh, these are dumb looking. Yeah. What about an osprey? That, that Osprey's makes... cool looking. Yeah. It's got to be an osprey because you would never name a team after this stupid looking bird. No. <laughs> Do you see the skua? Do you pull no. it up? No. It's the little... dumbest looking bird. It looks like a. What's, how's it spelled? S K U. A S. It looks like a Skuas bird. A pigeon. Uh, it's the, yeah. It looks like a pigeon I seagull. Throw I throw stuff breed. birds. Yeah. Get out of here. Bird sucks. Got to be an osprey. Ospreys are cool, at least. Yeah, I, I agree. Bird just looks like a brown pigeon. <laughs> Stupid. What a seagull beak. Yeah. Get out of here. <sighs> All right, next Tuesday, same time, same channel, and then we'll, we'll probably do one after. 18th after, okay. All right, end this puppy.